This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini, although next week might be an exception as uh, Glory has an event coming yep. up, uh, a solid one. Like we, like we broke last week, Jamal Ben Sadiq ends up stepping in for uh, Alistair Overeem. We broke that news last week. Yeah, we were first, Joe. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we were the first to do it. It just made sense, and I'm excited. But uh, even the more exciting news for me is uh, we got Gokin Saki back as well. Yeah, he's on so, the I mean, that's pretty exciting uh, against an older UFC guy, James McSweeney. Yeah, but uh, fighter veteran. Yeah, I'm, I'm still down for it. I mean, I think this is a good return fight for Saki. Get him good, and then you throw him with the big boys. Just thinking of, like, some of the big heavyweights for, for Saki right now would be awesome. So heavyweight kickboxing's back. I'm excited. I'm heading to Holland soon. So that's uh, that's the kickboxer's life over to Holland. Well, heavyweight kickboxing uh, is, of course, awesome to watch. And so is heavyweight boxing this past mm-hmm. weekend. Tyson Fury uh, gets it done against Deontay Wilder. Uh, Wilder's power is just unbelievable. Like this guy, yeah, yeah. his technique is not good. I mean, like I, I don't watch no, a ton of boxing. Say it as it is, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't watch a ton of boxing, but from what I can tell, he's is just like he has that big weapon, and he's going to connect at some point, And it's just yeah. a matter of if you can take it or not. And Tyson Fury at six foot nine, two hundred and seventy plus pounds, is able to take it. But uh, t- tell me if you think I'm wrong here. I think Wilder beats any other heavyweight on the planet. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I mean you know what? We've seen it. I think that Usyk, I mean, it's hard. Usyk would be difficult because Usyk, I think, might... I, I don't know if Usyk would get hit by that shot. Yeah, I think I, I personally think Wilder knocks out Joshua. Oh, I, I, I do think too. Joshua's too, too susceptible, too stiff. Yeah, that's the word. And then I think he knocks him out. But I think Usyk's smooth too, so that would be a nice fight. But I think Fury's way too big for Usyk. You know, that's I mean, massive these, size these difference. These mandatories you know? suck. I don't know. Again, I'm not a big boxing guy. I don't know how all this stuff works, but... Like, having uh, all these mandatory fights, like this mandatory rematch between Joshua and Usyk, and then the uh, the mandatory for Fury next is Dillian White. Like, why not just make, like, in, in One the, other this fight is what I like about the UFC. They would just say, okay, well, let's turn it around. We're going to do Joshua versus uh, Wilder, and we're going to do Fury versus Usyk. And you're getting the fights you want right away because there's not all this yeah. red tape yeah. and bureaucracy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it should be, but... Uh... I don't know. It, it was fun to see good heavyweight boxing back as well. I mean, it was just entertaining again. I mean, those two are just fun. Magic. Is it the most technical of fights? <laughs> no. I mean, but it has what you need for an exciting fight. I mean, last week on the show, I'm sitting here complaining. I'm like, nobody wants to fight anymore, you know? I was like, how come guys aren't wanting to push themselves, get that extra little oomph to get the decision? But this fight had it all, man. They went at it. I mean, even the way, like you're saying, Wilder hit Fury, like, it would hit him on, like, the top yeah, of the head temple. where, yeah, like, you almost. would think that, like, that's the if you're going to get hit anywhere on the head, that's the spot you want to get hit, and it still crippled Fury. Like, it was just uh, fun. Yeah. Really fun to watch. It was a very fun fight. I think in the fourth or fifth round, I tweeted, I hope that Wilder wins so we can see a fourth fight. Like, I just... Yeah, seriously. It's the yeah. same with, like, Golovkin and Canelo. Like, it's just... Those are just magic fights. Like, they're the two yeah. best in the world in those particular weight classes and like you, you get to see them like I'll watch them but if they booked Canelo versus Golovkin I would watch that fight again like you can book it every yeah. weekend I'd watch it it's awesome like there's no to me high level boxing is so good like I, I don't watch again I don't watch a ton of boxing but when these yeah. high level fights happen I they're just so much fun to watch 
Yeah. And I don't think people appreciate the boxing as much because you think like, well, in boxing, like I've, I've heard this and I think it's crazy to say. And to me, I think it's the opposite. People will say, oh, well, you're only throwing two punches. You only have two hands in boxing where kickboxing, you can use your legs. Muay Thai, you got more weapons. MMA, you get the takedown. So it's more difficult. Where to me, it's the absolute opposite. The fact that you only have two weapons to land on half of a body, you have to set things up more. You have to kind of be strategic. You got to level change. You got to create more angling. You have to be able to move your head more efficiently. So I think the fact that there's only two weapons to land makes it that much more difficult. That's why the sweet science, like it's it's a very difficult task. Like I mean, even with my my boxing wouldn't be up like the highest of the high, but. It doesn't have to because I mix my kicks in, right? My kicks are so much more efficient where I don't have to be able to rely just on two weapons. So I think that's why, to me, it's one of like the one of the hardest of the martial arts. Well, maybe they should make a sport that's just kicking, Joe, and you could be like the champion of that. It's just like no yeah, punching, seriously. no elbows, no. Well, it's almost like karate kicks. combat. Like those guys yeah. got pretty weak hands, you know. Yeah. So, but they, what, at least they get to use them, though. You want to hear something crazy about karate combat? I just found out because we're sending my. Uh, my fighter in there for the next season, but uh, they're not allowed to throw to the quad. You can only throw to the calf. You can kick the leg, but you can't hit the quad. You can only hit the calf. So Mm. no leg kicks, no quad kicks, I would say. Did you see the dude on Contender Series yesterday who almost lost by a thigh strikes? I've never seen that before. Did you watch Contender Series yesterday? Uh, I missed most of it because the time I finish and come home from the gym. He's a a heavyweight guy. And if you look at who this guy's fought, he's fought like the lowest of low-ranked competition before getting on Contender Series. Like guys with 10 and 25 records. That kind of thing. He almost lost by a thigh strikes. Like the guy was kneeing him in the thigh and he almost lost from that. Yeah. He would have. It's like a low kick, right? The guy would have kept... He was in the clinch... And he was just kneeing him in the thigh, like cons- yeah. constantly kneeing him in the thigh. And the guy was like, he was yelling in pain. He almost lost. I've, at, in high-level MMA, have you ever seen anybody lose by a thigh strikes? Uh, no, but in Muay Thai, <laughs> I have. I've seen well, guys knee legs. And, but again, the clinch is part of it, but not in MMA. Yeah. It's almost like losing to foot stomps. Yeah, it's almost. it's close, right? Like it is. Yeah, it's probably it's like you it's can't probably lose to foot stomps, Easier to lose you know? to foot stomps because foot stomps, you can break your, you know, you can break someone's smaller foot bones. pretty badly, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, Whereas your thigh no, is pretty meaty. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen it, but I mean, in MMA, not yet. I mean, uh, Thing likes to throw those a lot. If you watch even in kickboxing, Alex Pereira throws those a lot. He threw uh, he threw a few against Vahitov. So that's it's a it's a used strike in uh, in marsh in the striking stand uh, martial arts, anyways. And, and that's out of the clinch. Yeah, out of the clinch. Yeah. yeah. Like even yeah. in kickboxing, some of my favorite kickboxers, like they were throwing low kicks from the clinch. If you watch some of our old Ernesto fights, when his arms are extended, oh, yeah, yeah. he's smashing he's low good, kicks in a clinch. Fighters, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, in a clinch, you're throwing low kicks. So yeah, a little bit different strategies, but uh, yeah, the knee to the quad could be effective. I just think a lot of guys, almost depending the position, don't like because of trips and sweeps and dumps. It's like you got to be the more dominant fighter. I was. I always feel like people could mix it up with the low kicks a little bit better. I mean, I, I remember when Tom Dukenwa was in the UFC. He was a top prospect, um, and he, he didn't stick around. I don't know why he retired so early, but uh, he was really good at ending combos with the low kicks. Like you don't, you don't see a lot of people use that as kind of the the the, the bookmark of their combos. And I just thought he did a really good job of that. I'd like to see more of that. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that was my whole career. Everything, yeah. everything ended with a damn kick. I mean, not one combination I wouldn't throw a kick at the end. Yeah, but we don't see that a lot in MMA, I find. Like, the, the low kick being kind of like the exclamation point of a combo. 
No, it just drives me nuts. It's Especially totally from inside, like nuts. in close. You don't see a lot of people throw the leg kick in close. Maybe it's, well, it's kind, painful, but I don't know. Well, I'm kind of glad because now I could. my guys will be the specialists and we'll be smashing everybody's legs. So, yeah, don't throw them, everybody. That's why we're going to dominate. Well, one of the guys who throws leg kicks in volume is Chris Gutierrez. He was on this past weekend's UFC mm-hmm. fight night card. Won a split decision. I mean, I don't know how a judge could see that for Colaris, but... Uh, anything stand out to you from that card? Did you watch Marina Rodriguez against Mackenzie during that fight? Basically went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Yeah, it was an earlier card, and I don't end the gym on Saturdays until 4 p.m., so I got to catch catch most of the main card. Um, but, yeah, I saw Gutierrez. It's very emotional. Um, he sometimes relying too much on those calf kicks, I find, sometimes. Like, I mean, that's his good strategy, but uh, when he mixed it up, it was okay. I, I like Chris because I've met him at the Institute, and he works with uh, – the boys in Denver, so I kind of yeah, like uh, him and his team with Factory X. But uh, I thought at one point when I was watching, because I, I saw more of the last round, and he was just too complacent on his back, I thought. I mean, at that point, I guess he was winning, but he wasn't really fighting to pop up, so I wasn't really sure what was going on. Yeah, and I mean, right at the end of that fight, in the last 20 seconds, he said the Kolaris like, let's throw down, and uh, he was hitting him with some big shots. But uh, I'd like to see Gutierrez be a little bit more aggressive, but he's very good in terms of just point fighting. He's, he's just, yeah. He scores a lot with those light kicks, and he, he does a lot of damage to his opponent and, and slows them down over the course of the fight. But uh, yeah. let's talk about the main event, Rodriguez against Dern. Rodriguez was uh, in some deep water. I think it was in, the, was in the first or second round. I think it was the uh, what was the round which was first, wasn't it? Was I thought first, it was the. It was either I the first, it was or the first round because I, I know Dern won the first in my eyes. Okay, so then it was, that, it was the first round where Dern took her down and like she was surviving submissions for a good three minutes against Dern and yeah, managed to survive yeah. it, and then it became Rodriguez' time where she was just really outpointing her on the feet. That, that's how I thought this one was going to go. I thought she needed yeah. to get a late finish or win a decision, and uh, that's how it played out. Yeah, you called it perfectly. I think. My thing with Dern now, it's it's almost like I'm going to kind of relate it back to a little bit with Wilder. They made so many adjustments because I think Wilder changed his whole team, whole everything. Dern now being such a specialist on the ground. Now she really focuses on her striking. And I think what happens now is the first round, it's good. She can find her distance. They can close it. They can stick to the strategy. But I think as they fatigue, as they get hit, as they get tired, they kind of fall back into their old habits, which is natural. So I think Dern, one, needs to either two things, and I'll call myself on it too. It's almost like the, the Malcolm situation, Malcolm Gordon. It's They're such strong, high-level grapplers that they almost need somebody that's fully grappling based for them so i don't necessarily think perillo might be the best for dern is she going to improve her striking absolutely it's going to get better it's going to get sharp but she needs someone yelling shoot from the outside go she needs more aggressive wrestling like she she just wasn't efficient enough it wasn't just efficient enough in her striking to close the distance and i don't know if she'll ever get to that point because her grappling is so strong so that's maybe where she needs some of those coaches that are just yelling at her to just shoot you know with that american wrestling style but that's what she needs is wrestling i think she needs better wrestling coaching and more high level wrestling coaching because i think that if she can land take them she'll win fights no problem right and i think her striking has really gone up a level under perillo i think her striking looks great but then you get in there with some of these higher level fighters in the 115 division zhang veili you have to look at your division you look at Rodriguez, look at the top of that division. You've got Jean Veli, you've got Rose, you've got Rodriguez, you've got Joanna. Striker, striker. That's what yeah. it is. It's stri- aside yeah. from Carla Esparza. You've got just yeah. a ton of strikers that 
you know, are, are going to do tons of damage and, and, and outpoint you on the feet. So if you can get a good wrestling coach and utilize the wrestling and, and take people down, that's where she's going to shine in this division. I actually think she'd be a better fit for the 125 division, although she's a little bit small, I'd say, for that division. But I think that her skill set is better for that particular division. Yeah, but I'm. Let me tell you, I'm all Perillo. Like I agree with him, his style, the system, the good. way to move mm-hmm. in, the two combos. He's like, hey, you're not gonna land the first combo. You're gonna have to land two combos to enter. That's exactly what I tell all of my guys. Like he's word for word out of my mouth because we're strikers who adapted striking for MMA to enter safely. But guys who are just too ground based just don't get it and it takes a while it takes confidence it takes it takes a little bit more than about a year of working with someone to kind of fully grasp that strike and system and even after then like a lot of times why do grapplers stick to grappling they don't like to get hit there's just that reason from long time ago they stick to the ground and so i think she needs like that wrestling like we're saying that's the huge 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 key for her in this uh, division well rodriguez ends up advancing in this division and i think that there are so many cool fights for her looking up. Like, I, I think that she should fight the loser of Rose and Zhang Veili. I think that would be a great fight. Or Joanna, but I don't know. Joanna was my yeah. pick for well, her. Well, Dana yeah. White was asked about this yesterday uh, after the Contender Series and said, you know, Joanna, um, you know, does she want to come back? What's the deal? I think someone said, I think Rodriguez would be an amazing fight for her. And he was like, yeah, I think Rodriguez would be a great fight too. But Joanna's got a lot of money. She likes to travel. She only wants to come back for fights that are big fights. And yeah. I don't know if Joanna thinks Rodriguez is a big fight. So I mean, and, and he's right. I don't know if she does think that Rodriguez. I think it's a great fight, but does yeah. what does it do for Joanna, right? So and I think that yeah. at this stage in the career, Joanna can afford to be picky. Does Marina and Esparza make sense? It's already I mean, it does make I mean, sense. Esparza beat her by split decision, so I think it would be good to run that one back. based on her wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, I actually like Esparza versus Dern, but I think that Esparza's earn the right to not have to face somebody who's that much lower ranked. Like as far as I'm accustomed to Tyler yeah. shot, right? She beat Yan yeah. Xiaonan and now she's like she's right there. So would Carla get the the next shot then? And then Marina I, I waits? I think so. I think that they need to um book something to determine a number one contender at this point in time. I think that they've they've committed to the rematch between Zhang and Rose. And I think that whether it's Joanna versus Carla Joanna versus Rodriguez, Carla versus Rodriguez, something along those lines where mm-hmm. they can determine who the next contender is. I mean, Rodriguez says she thinks that Esparza should just get the next title shot, and I, I don't necessarily argue against that. I thought Esparza should have gotten the title shot um, after her win against Xiaonan, but they decided to go with um, with Zhang and the rematch. Yeah, I just think with Esparza, like, she was the first champ to come back to kind of go on a little, like... She's just done so much that I'm just happy to, like, I think she deserves it. She's one of those people who's put the time in, the years of experience, the ups and downs. So I think Carla deserves a, a nice shot. I yeah. mean, just being Former you know, a fight herself. fan. Yeah, exactly. But this, this is the, the angle for uh, Carla versus Rose. It's a great angle. I mean, the first ever women's strawweight title fight was Carla versus Rose. Yeah. Carla gets the win. And Rose has beaten every other champion that the division's ever had except for Carla. So it's kind of a go. cool story. Yeah. Yeah, you need that. You need something in these days to to make the storyline. I mean, I just heard they booked uh, Francis Nagano against Cyril Gunn. I mean, that's got that story right. That's how you kind of get those fights, the storylines too. Um, Maria Agapova, I'd like to talk about as well. She looked very good against Sabina Mazo. That was one of my TSN edge picks. Was Agapova? You know, Agapova was a minus fifteen hundred favorite in her last fight and lost. It's the biggest favorite to ever lose in, in the UFC. 
And when you have somebody priced at that high, people know how good she is. She just had yeah, an off yeah. night. And then she was a, a, an underdog here, like plus 160, I think it got up to. And I was like, Jeez. well, Mazzo's good, but I mean, Agapova looked like she was going to be a future contender. Like, let's, let's not forget about what she had done leading up to this that made people believe that she was going to be that good. So mm -hmm. I kind of like blindly recommended betting her because I just thought that at some point in time, she's going to regain that momentum. And she did uh, against Sabina Mazzo. Yeah, Mazo came in uh, only a few weeks' notice as well, right? No, I think this fight was booked for full champ. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, the Agap. What, can you pronounce that for me again? Agapova. Agapova. Mm -hmm. She she threw that bomb, right? Was that the fight I'm thinking when she yeah. threw that big bomb and then got the finish? Yeah, yeah she looked good. She she, looked sharp. she was quick to get that sub too. She pounced on her after she landed. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. But that was that. She threw that punch with some real bad intentions. Like it was like swung from. You know, the opposite side of the cage. Like, she really wanted to kill somebody with that shot. She yeah, seems like an interesting, she's an interesting case, Maria Agapa. I mean, the story that, um, what's her name, Marina Moroz told. Marina Moroz trains, I believe, at American Top Team. Said that Agapova was at American Top Team and was like, they, they, she was on drugs and got in trouble for using drugs. Got Holy. kicked out of the gym. And then, uh, like, like, recreational drugs. Um, got in trouble, got kicked out of the gym, and was apparently like threatening someone's wife. I, like all those weird stories that Moroz was telling, saying. And I'm not speaking out of school. Agapova talked about this at the, pro, the press uh, post by press conference. Says she wants to fight Moroz now. But Agapova mm. was kind of going from gym to gym to gym, and she's finally settled somewhere. And I, I just think that she's incredibly talented, but she's got a lot going on. It seems. Yeah, yeah. You got it. But again, look at the most successful people in our sport. All have something. A little wrong, you know, like that. You need that little bit of wrong in there to to be special. I mean, the two biggest, John Jones and Conor McGregor, they have a lot of those things going on. So, uh, if it's working for her, she got her win. So yeah, she looked. I mean, she's <laughs> she fun. The win. She looked fun good to watch. Uh, Lupita Godinez gets a win against Silvana Gomez Juarez and is now turning around and fighting this weekend at flyweight up at division. Took a short notice fight um, against Damn. Luana Carolina. So good on Lupita Godinez representing Canada and Mexico. Uh, in a big way. Damn, quick. So what was the time between fights? She fought this past weekend. She's fighting this past in a couple days. She's fighting what? Next weekend? This weekend. Oh, damn. Yeah, she's fighting up a weight class. I mean, she had a... She dominated that fight. I mean, she didn't get into any real trouble in that fight. So I understand her turning it around. I'm glad that she doesn't need to cut weight again because I think she cuts... I think she missed weight in her first UFC fight, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. This is Godinez, sure. right? Yeah, Godinez, yeah. Yeah, because she trains, I believe, I'm, I'm assuming this because her coach, um, I know her coach is a kickboxer. We actually fought, um, my old business partner fought his her coach, uh, Ken Tran, uh, Vancouver, right? Yeah, she's based out of Vancouver, Langley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So did she miss well, weight? Am I, am I remembering this correctly? No, she made weight for her. For, sorry, she made she made weight for her first fight against Jessica Benet. I'm I, I'm mistaken on that. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, she's facing Luana Carolina. Short notice. Interesting fight because Luana Carolina is pretty big, if I recall. Like how, like, how tall is Luana? I'm looking this up now. How tall is Luana Carolina? She's five foot six. Okay. Well, Godinez like, looks like stockier, no? She is. Godinez is. Power. She's five foot two. So she's gonna give up a four inch advantage in in height. But I th I think she wins that fight. I'm curious. Is there a line on that one yet? Because I w I would be interested in in looking into that one. I think that she can take uh, Carolina down and. Uh, and win a decision in that one, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's, if there's a what's, uh, what's the story? Born in Mexico, moved to Canada, yeah. or... Yeah, I spoke to her about this. She was born in, in Mexico, and she moved to Canada at kind of a later age. She was, like, learning MMA in Mexico, and then decided to... I guess her family moved to Vancouver. She moved with them, and she just kept going with her, her career. She hmm. trains at Titan MMA. Is that where Ken Tran... 
Uh, I'm not too sure. I just saw yeah, Ken him. Tran co-owner. Yeah, so she trains under yeah. under Ken Tran in a, a Titan MMA. So let's see. Are there odds on that one yet? Lupita got. I think even Ken fought once in Glory too. I think he got dropped really quickly with a body shot, and then that was it. But yeah, I think he has one in Glory as well. And then uh, my business partner fought him in Muay Thai. Who Troy? Yeah, ended up elbowing him, and he turned his head last second and gave as Troy was mid elbow he turned his head and then said that the the elbow did hit him like behind the ear but he turned his head while the elbow was coming and then we got the win. You know who we lost to in glory? Uh it was someone pretty good. Giga. Giga, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah it was someone Giga good. And lost to Rory McDonald and it was, in, uh, in MMA. And it was uh, a left kick I I'm pretty sure uh he gave him the Giga it just, kick. It just says KO TKO. Yeah, I think it gave him the giga kick, the left kick to the liver. It wasn't that long ago either. It was in 2015, so that's six years ago. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, there's no line on that fight just yet. But uh, keep your eyes open for that one because I, I like that. I've already got my TSN Edge picks loaded for that one. I actually had a pick on Luana Carolina's first opponent, who was Sejera Eubanks, but that, uh, that fight's now out the window. So so was that pick. There you go. Gone. Uh, let's talk about this card because we've got uh, Aspen Ladd moving up to featherweight uh taking on norma dumont she took the fight on short notice stepping in for holly holm who was uh, someone she was supposed to face back uh back in the day but uh now facing norma dumont at featherweight uh you know dana white was asked about this asking you know why is aspen lad rewarded for um you know after after losing weight with a main event fight and he was like well it's not really a reward she has to fight up a weight class and he's kind of right like you know yeah. is it a reward to get to get paid the same amount of money to fight five rounds in a weight class you're not accustomed to against like a natural featherweight eh, i don't know about that yeah 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 i mean i guess with lad being in camp and training and you just take it i mean it's a great mm-hmm. opportunity so why wouldn't you you're also but, helping uh, the promotion out. You're saving a main event, right? After yeah. losing goodwill after, at the promotion. Yeah, after dropping for it. I think she had no choice. It was one of those, like, well, the fight dropped. I got to kind of step up on this one. But, yeah, let's see. It's a fight. That being said, I think let's she wins. See. One of my TSN edge picks, Lad by KO, really? plus 300. And she, um, according to the odds here, minus 150. Yeah, minus 150. But her, her KO prop is plus 300. It's a five-round fight. I'm going in that direction. All right. Not too many big names on the card, but some fun There's ones, I would one think. one ranked fighter on the card. And, 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 and is, she's ranked uh, in a different Aspen division. Lad, right? Yeah, she's ranked in a different yeah. division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you got Andre Arlowski. Yeah. Not bad. Jim Miller could be fun. Yeah, you're naming all the, uh, all the, the vets. Yeah, Marquez. Do you want some, do you want some guys some to watch fights? on this card? you want some, some prospects? Yeah, that's or? mine. I always got to ask you uh, the Ludovic guys Ludovic Klein is the guy to watch on this card. He's, he's coming off a loss. But uh, he's the first Slovakian to get signed to the UFC. The second Slovakian signed to the UFC was signed on Contender Series yesterday. But uh, Ludovic Klein, is a, he's a great striker. Knockout artist. I think he wins. I think he scores a knockout against Nate, the train landwehr in that fight. Nate's fun too, isn't he? He's Nate's one of those fun. guys that takes a big shot and keeps coming yeah. forward. He'll, he'll engage yeah. with Klein, which I like. Yeah, that that this Klein guy almost, I'm going to reference it because I did watch that on the Contender Series. That one fun kid. Who kept throwing the rolling thunder spin kicks? Yeah, he's he's um he's gonna be fun. The San Shao kind of looks like this guy here. Well, he he yeah he trains at the uh, Alpha Male, and I forget his name. A Borshev, yeah. Borshev. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. That kid's yeah. gonna be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently, he had two hundred amateur fights. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Those Russian Sanda fight fighters have tons. But if you tons. did the eye test on that guy versus his opponent, like you look at those two guys, like you thought that guy would lose for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> you're like, eh, this guy doesn't got much. Doesn't have a ton of muscle, hairy chest. You know, it's one of those situations where you're like, ah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I can beat yeah. this guy. And then the guy comes out and lands bombs. Yeah, big bombing. That finisher, uh, who else is on that this card? Was great. And that first round was awesome. Oh, yeah. Dana was loving that first round, too. I, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Manon Fioro, another one to watch. If you like striking, and I know you do, Joe. Manon Fioro out of France taking on Mayra Bueno Silva. Uh, Fioro of, ha- has two knockouts so far in her UFC career, and I think she might get another one. A lot of French fighters coming in now, and they they all have – I don't know if a lot of people know, but French is really big for kickboxing. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Like for outside of Holland in Europe, France is massive for Muay Thai, kickboxing, Savat. So yeah. good fighters well, coming from Fioro there. comes from that kind of school, and I think that uh, it's going to be an interesting one because if, if Buena Silva takes her down, I'm, I'm eager to see what she can do on the ground. I, I'm not going to say she's going to be a fish out of water or anything like that because I don't know, but uh, – I do know that uh, Myra Bueno Silva, she's a good fighter. So uh, it, go, it shows how c- confident the public is on uh, on uh, Fioro that she's that big of a favorite against someone as good as Silva. Another good one is the Danny Roberts versus Emiev. That should be a fun one too. Yeah, Emiev is, is already 34. It's interesting. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to whether Emiev can get the takedown against Roberts. And if he does, I think he, he cruises in this one. Yeah, the other who's the Russian I like Fiziev. 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 Yeah. Fiziev yeah. is lined up against Brad Riddell. That's a big oh, fight. Oh, really? That's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the, who did the, who did Fiziev who did Riddell fight last time? That was a fun fight. Um, who did he? Yeah, beat? That that was a fantastic fight. Yeah, I'm trying to. That was, it was another striker versus striker. It was another strike. I thought. Uh, and he was an underdog, if I'm not mistaken. Let's let's, let's look this up. And they were both like Bobby striking coaches. Drew Dober. Was his last Drew Dober, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Fiziev is, is going to be a good fight. Wow. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And that's at, uh, that's on December 4th. That's coming up pretty soon. Hey, Surprisingly, I like Surprisingly, it's already almost almost November. So That's Getting a good – that's a great fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one as well. And we've got Bellator. Quiet, sneak, sneaky Bellator card on uh, Saturday where you've got a title on the line. <laughs> you've got Vadim Nemkov. It's the light heavyweight tournament against Julius Angliskis. Uh, Anglis- I always pronounce that guy's name wrong. Uh, Julius Angliskis. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's stepping in for Anthony Johnson as a uh, substitute. And you've got uh, Corey Anderson against Ryan Bader on that card as well. Huh. What happened with Rumble? I knew he got injured. Did he come out to say what happened? Yeah, or? apparently some sort of stomach bug. Like a, like It's not a stomach bug, but like a, like a flesh-eating bacteria type deal. Like something oh. really bad. So I, I was going to say, Elliot I hope Bellazzi he take... mentioned it in an interview recently. A stomach thing. I was going to say, I hope he didn't take his vitamins without eating any food today. Yeah, like you did. Yeah, like I did. Yeah, I got sick to my stomach too, taking yeah. vitamins without food. That's so hopefully he didn't do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, mistake. And I don't take one. I take a lot of vitamins, so it's not like I took a big handful of them. We've got a Canadian on the card as well, Lance Gibson Jr. fighting uh, on Saturday. The son of uh, Lance Gibson, second generation mixed martial artist, and the uh, stepson of Julia Budd. Uh, where does he train can- Canadian? He trains with like Lance Gibson. In Canada? Dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah out okay. of, I think it's in Vancouver with Julia Budd and with uh, his dad, Lance Sr. Uh, some of these guys, they live in the States now and they claim Canadian status. we got to think about it if we allow them into Canada anymore. No, he's he's tra- he's a Canadian. He's, he stays in All Canada. Right. All right, good. He's on the team then. Yeah, he's on the team for sure. And Julia Budd just signed to the PFL, so good on uh, Julia Budd. I spoke to her yesterday actually. So um, she that, that interview, if you'd like to hear it, is on TSN. .ca slash UFC, and it will also be on the TSN MMA show Interview Edition, along with many mm. others. So 
We've got, uh, we've got Julia Butt on the interview edition. We've got Ali Abdelaziz on the interview edition. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, we've got uh, Mike Malott, who won the Contender Series last week, the Canadian. Uh, he's on the uh, interview edition. Aspen Ladd, Jim Miller. we got a lot of stuff going on on the uh, the interview edition. Uh, what kind week. of uh, stuff did you go with, in Ali, with Ali? That would be interesting to hear. I, I just had a that. list of his guys and was like, let's just rattle. I said to him, I go, I'm going to ask you a favor. Let's, let's rattle off as many of these as possible. Okay. So we spoke about uh, Henry Cejudo. I made a prediction. I, I've got a prediction for you for who his next champion, Ali's next champion, is going to be uh, that he represents. And okay. I said this to him, and he was like, "Oh wow!" He, he was like, "I agree with you." He's like, "I really respect that opinion." It was uh, Magomed Ankalaev in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, you brought be. that up. I think yeah. last couple of shows. Yeah. I'm I'm very high on Ankalaev. All right. Well, we'll see. I want to hear you. I told you back on. You even remember the date? Remember it was last week's date? I think. Where I, you with even, what? You you made a statement on October blank this year. I said that he's going to be a champion. He will be a champion. What? I think next year yeah. he'll be a champion. Twenty twenty two. Maybe it was one of Aaron Rants when you were ranting. You forgot you said. I don't it really have rant. a rant this week, Joe. I have nothing. Uh, no? nothing's, nothing's getting me fired up this week. No, nothing's bothering no. you. Hmm. Let's uh, gotta, let's hit on some. I gotta some, think of something that could <laughs> bother you. Uh, each week I gotta think. Yeah, I just didn't have anything. Usually I'll know what's bothering me going into uh, uh, one yeah. of our shows. But I, yeah, nothing, nothing's no one, grinding my no gears. No one this week. Uh, went against you on Twitter this week. No, not really. No usually haters. that sometimes. That's usually sometimes some of the haters come out. Yeah, I, you know, I don't mind if people come at me on Twitter. I just don't like when people come at me and they don't know what they're talking about. That's the problem. That's when I get mad. When yeah. someone's like that's, trying that's to argue, but that's an argument though. Everybody thinks the other person doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, but if that's you have they're... if you have actual evidence to prove that the person doesn't know what they're talking about, then you know. Yeah. One of my rants. Uh, that I always have. It's like when people fight over techniques in martial arts, that pisses me off. Cause at that point I feel like both are inexperienced to even be have. Well, if you throw that jab, I would just counter you with the right hand. But, but well, if you throw that right hand, I'm going to throw the left kick. But okay, hey, if you throw that left kick, well, I can counter with an overhand. I'm like, yeah, you can do all yeah, of those. Not a video game, buddy. You're, you're in like, there. I mean, I get, oh, well, when you're power punching, your hand's falling, your right hand drops. Well, I'm going to counter you with, okay, all right, buddy, yeah, try it. When I'm hitting you, like, there's, people have no idea. But who are these there's people always that are, a counter. There's, who are these people uh, that in, are challenging you? But no, I'm just saying, even in gym, like, I've had other coaches. I've been oh, in, okay. like, like I'm, I'm telling you, in Holland, I'll be with one of the be other best coaches in the world, and we'll talk about a fight that just happened with the top coaches in the world. And I'll be, they'll be like, "Well, he should have done this." Well, like, well, someone will be like, "Well, he should have done that." Well, well, he could have done both of those things. What is the other person doing? What's the reaction? <laughs> How much? There's so many variables behind it. Well, yeah, okay. If I do this, you can do that. So people argue in martial arts when it's like both could work, both can't work. How do you throw it? What time do you throw it? And so, how is the person's arm feeling at the time? Do, yeah, do they like, have an are injury? they tired? Are they not tired? Are they unable to like, plant their left leg? <laughs> there's so many yeah, there's various. always an answer to something when it comes to those conversations and I hate them. I hate them. So I just say, sure. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Will this work? Yeah, it might. I don't know. It's hypothetical. <laughs> I don't know. It might work. We're yeah. not there. There's Tell no real try person. Next fight. So, yeah, okay. It works. You know? That's my rant lately. Well, the UFC uh, has cut ties with Luis Pena. He got arrested for a second time in as many months, I believe. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like he's got a lot of things going on in his personal life that are quite troubling. And uh, I'm hoping yeah. that he can get his things together and... I mean, quite frankly, my sympathies are with the victims, not with him. I, I yeah, think that I agree. Uh, while he does have some issues going on in his life, you, you got to 
Um, you got to behave yourself in society or you go to jail. And he's currently in jail and is no longer under a UFC contract. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, one time, two time, I mean, and a lot of times in those situations, you don't really know. It doesn't really matter what happens or not. But I mean, the fact that he's arrested, and I think it's been twice already this year. Twice in the last two months. I think Dana. Yeah, at this point, yeah. He's got to figure his stuff out before. Well, That's the, the most important. That, that he, they've tried to help him with some, some of his uh, things that are going on in his personal life, and it, I guess it just hasn't worked. So. Hopefully he has someone else that is able to support him and uh, and and help get him through this and and also, again, my sympathies are with the victims. Like I don't want to I don't want to say I do want him to get better and I I do hope that he stops hurting people, uh, you know, in his private life. I mean, but that's what that's what's most important is that uh, these victims get justice. I, you know, I I, yeah. I hate to put the guy down, but it seems like the guy is um, doing some things he should not be doing. So. Yeah. Let's hope that that situation gets better for everybody. Um, all right, what else we got? Uh, oh, and and also Dana White was asked about John Jones and and about why John Jones wasn't cut for his recent uh, legal troubles. And I, like I always say, Joe, you know, yeah. George Orwell once wrote, "All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others," and that's the way the yeah. UFC treat their athletes. It's you know, John Jones is a more valuable asset than Luis Pena, so they give him more rope, and that's just. And I, I can't say I fault them for it. They have a business to run, um, yeah. and they have to look at how valuable each of those people are to their business. And that, that's the same way that other businesses operate. I hate to say it, you know, if if, if someone's running a business and uh, you know somebody who's a low-level employee uh, employee gets to, into legal trouble, they're much more likely to fire that person than somebody who's more important to their business. Yeah, I guess that's life. I mean, and if, the other thing is, John is Jones fair? really no. isn't fighting, and I mean. He isn't really active right now, so I don't really think there's anything to cut. If Maybe if he was fighting, like if he had a fight booked and he was going to fight this year, maybe they would have pulled. But you're still right. That's just the reality of the way it is. I mean, they, I think they have to sometimes make examples of people, but to do that to John Jones would be crazy. So, yeah. Sorry, Pena. You got to take it. Other big fights coming up. You got uh, finally the fight between Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards has been booked. It's a three-round fight mm. in December, uh, Madison. Oh no, in sorry, in Las Vegas, not Madison Square Garden. In Las Vegas, uh, three-round fight between uh, Masvidal and uh, Leon Edwards. They they can finally sort out that issue that happened backstage after the uh, Darren Till fight. Mm. Let's just hope unlucky Leon over there gets to make it actually to the event. Um, it's always scary, but I'm someone who thinks that should have been a five-round fight. I don't know. That kind of seems like yeah, both Dana of these was asked guys. asked about it yesterday and just said that neither of them requested it or something. I don't know. He didn't really have a great answer for why it's not a five-round fight. But and because they, yeah. they put the the they put Nick and Robbie five rounds, right? Well, they put Nate and Leon five rounds too, right? Like making five rounds. Come on, guys. Like, you guys want title fights. It's better to train thinking about five rounds for the future. I think that that was a no-brainer. should have been five. Want to guess the odds on it right now? Um, I'm going to put early uh, a a small – I'm going to go minus 150 Leon. It's about minus 200 for Leon. It actually minus opened 200. at minus 275, I think it opened at. Minus two, that, that much, eh? I kind, wow. of, I kind of agree with it. In a three-round fight, I think that mm. Leon is going to be able to win a decision in that fight if it's only three rounds. But here's the thing. Masvidal right now is fighting for the chance to stay relevant in this division. I think if he loses to Leon Edwards, this is kind of his last chance yeah. at going for a title again. And he I really agree. wants to get that Usman fight back. But, I mean, he's fought Usman twice already. So, I... I I just think that Masvidal is going to be very motivated. Not that Leon's not going to be motivated, of course, but uh, really, this is Masvidal's last chance 
to to stay in the title picture. And if he loses this fight, then I think you just start making those kind of fun fights for Masvidal going forward. Yeah, it, I don't think Masvidal wants to fight as often anymore with his own promotion now and doing things. He's he's probably a guy right now who probably wants to only fight once a year, one big mega fight a year. So give him those big mega fights. I think that's the time. I mean, again, all depends how he does against Leon, but I think there's a lot of fun fights for him. I'd love to see Masvidal versus Connor at 170. I was, I was just going <laughs> to say that's, be, the that's, fight. A fight. that's a big that's fight. That's a big fight. It's just a big yeah. fight. That's a great fight, and they're both good. The, the trash. The, that's almost one of those fights you want to do a press conference tour for, almost, you know, like build the guys up again, because I think that would be, you know, outside of, to me, the Francis. Uh, John Jones, that would probably be one of the other mega fights I'd like. Yeah, not to mention that Masvidal is one of the key training partners for Dustin Poirier. So, you know, we've got some, uh, some built-in storyline right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. I like yeah. it. That's, uh, so, yeah, again, I, I think that really this is kind of Masvidal's last chance to prove that he is uh, a title caliber fighter in the UFC. Uh, Luke Rockhold had to withdraw from his fight against Sean Strickland. Yeah, that's disappointing. Anything... Uh... Rebooked for Strickland, or is it just waiting well, now? Apparently, there is. I was talking to Ali yesterday and said, you know, Gilbert Burns offered to step in, and uh, he Gilbert said that Burns, the UFC geez. decided to go in a different direction. So I guess that means that they must have something lined up. Do you have any intuition? No idea. Apparently, Bilal Muhammad has offered to step in, but I, I have no idea who they're replacing. Yeah, with. I but saw Strickland I bashing Bilal Muhammad about it, though. Like they, he kind of went on Instagram saying how. No, something that why would he fight under something like that? I don't know. There was some beef between the two. If of them. I'm if I'm a fight, I don't want to fight Sean Strickland if I'm in the U.S. <laughs> Sean Strickland's yeah. a madman. Like he's like the last yeah. guy I'd want to fight because you know that he's approaching it in like like he I don't know. He's emotionally invested in hurting you very badly and yeah, like, yeah. and like doesn't care about your well being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, I once know. you're in the ring, I don't think any of yeah, these guys care about your well being. It's just he doesn't but I feel care like about psychologically your well-being 24 7 of a yeah. day of the day. The average fighter doesn't care about you maybe one or two hours of a day. He he goes to bed hating you, you know, like all yeah. day. But that's what I mean. Like psychologically, that would be a tough pill to swallow knowing that like this guy is like really intent on hurting you. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that oh, like yeah. if, if you know that it's like Vicente Luque and you, he comes and he's smiling and he's talking and he's a very – like Vicente Luque is not going to be an easy guy to beat. In fact, he hasn't been beaten in some time. But yeah. At least you know that the guy's got a good heart. Sean Strickland yeah. is like that, that. That part of fighting Sean Strickland, I think, is quite scary. Like just from a psychological standpoint, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, for me, I wouldn't really care. But I mean, taking myself as out as the fighter, I mean, heck yeah, it is. I mean, he doesn't back up. Even when you spar him, like he he wants blood. He wants to scrap every day. Like he wants to fight. He's one of those guys that I don't think he even cares about the brain damage at this point either. He just literally goes, literally goes. What did we call? What did you call him? The barista? What? The barista? <laughs> the brawler. barista basher. The barista basher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sean. Yeah, All right, so he's gonna get himself into trouble. He's gotta be careful though. Now <laughs> I think he's he's on the fine line now. Is some of his posts. Yeah, yeah. Where it becomes like threats, like <laughs> like societal threats. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's it's insane. Uh, Jeff it. Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio added to UFC 269. That's an awesome oh, that's fight. That's nice. That's, that's really a, nice. Just stacking up that December card even more. Hakeem Dawoodoo against Mike Trezano in the works for UFC Fight Night on February the 5th. Nice to okay. see Hakeem get rebooked. And nice to see Mike Trezano get rebooked. He was supposed to fight recently, and uh, his fights just kept getting canceled. Yeah, we got to get Hakeem back moving up. Yeah, I, I agree. I, right now, no Canadians in the rankings. Zero. Yeah. Not a good yeah. look. I mean... 
Lupita might be able to get into the rankings if she uh, she keeps up what she's doing and she keeps uh, fighting in the strawweight division and the flyweight yeah. division. I think that she's somebody who can make some noise. Some more notes, uh, Joe. We got uh, Brandon Moreno against Davis yep. and Figueredo has moved to the January card, which apparently, according to reports, might be happening in Anaheim. Damn, January already. I've I've already heard. I'm I'm not gonna say who has I've heard this from, but they're already booking fights for March. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like they're like, oh, um, someone's fighting March in March, end of March. Like you know now for the end of March. Like oh, what's the, they're booking. So how many months away is March? So right now we're in October. So it's about five months. Five, months? five months away. That's usually normal. I think. Yeah, really. Two through. I would say three months max. Maybe you got to think. That's a twelve week training camp to find out before your fight. Like that's yeah, that's twelve true. weeks forever. Fight. But, I mean, yeah. if they know, I mean, this is the ideal situation. The ideal is to know this far in advance. Yeah, but that might sure. even that might even stress you out. I don't think I'd want to know that far in advance. Yeah, you're already seeing uh, fights out of the UFC 271 in February as well. Like, yeah. what's the date yeah. of that? Is that, like, late February, early February? Uh, what does it say here? Combatch is reporting. February 12th. So, yeah, it's, like, pretty early in February because the, the, the pay-per-view in January is kind of late. So, it's, like, three weeks later you got to... Or maybe even two weeks later. I don't know. Three weeks later. You got another pay-per-view. So um, no idea where that one's going to be in February. But I'm eager to see. Like, it seems like I'm curious about, and I'm surprised Dana White hasn't been asked this. Like, are we going to see fight nights outside of the Apex starting in 2022? Like, are we going to start seeing, because most of these states now are allowing full capacity. In fact, even Ontario is going to be allowing full capacity arena soon. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what uh, is happening. I think just the apex is easy for them. They're allowed. Everything is there. It's set up and travels a little bit easier. They have the hotel. I mean, I don't think the fighters, to be honest, really care where the fights are. I mean, when you're in fight week, you don't really care. You don't really think. I think they fans. just want an audience. That's some people thing. want yeah, fans. They, I mean, just the audience. But like, if you could even pack a little bit more in Vegas, I mean, I think all those smaller Vegas arenas are nice too. Well, they're selling Apex tickets as well. They're expensive, but if you want to go to the Apex, like you're basically but only like a thousand five hundred yeah. tickets, maybe. Yeah, it's not Max. a lot of tickets. It's expensive to go though, but you're getting a pretty cool experience to watch UFC fights in like a tiny venue. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that would be fun. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we missed. Any uh, any big fights? Uh, uh... The ones that we met, one guy that I was I, I love watching. We didn't really talk about him. Was Randy Brown? Yeah, Comey, He was in the Comey event this past weekend against Jared Gooden. Yeah, looked like he the got injured. That he broke early on. his toe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with a front kick to the face. That's a nice way to break your foot, though. Yeah, front kick to the face. Heck yeah. You're going to break your toe. That's the one you want. But I think Randy Brown's going to do really well. I think he'll do – I think he'll he'll be a big threat. I think he'll do well. Awkward style moves well. His fighting consistency? No, his, like, win and loss consistency. Like, if you look at his record, joins the UFC, win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, win, win. So this is he He's actually broke that many times in the UFC. Yeah, so he actually has Jeez. broken the cycle. He's been in the UFC for almost five years, or uh, almost six years, almost six years. Who are the names of the losses while you have it up? Vicente Luque, okay, Nico fair. Price, Bilal fair. Muhammad, fair. and Michael Graves, who's not in the UFC anymore. Yeah, well, the the first three are very good early on in his career. Well, He's a good fighter too. He just, he got cut for a domestic violence issue as well, I believe, uh. or a DUI, something along those lines, something something outside the cage, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bilal Muhammad's ranked. Nico Price is, you know, we, Nico Price is very top. He's Nico on, Price, the, on yeah. the cusp of being ranked. And uh, Vicente Luque is like a top five guy now. Not bad. I like I like Randy Brown's style, his his movement, his kicking, mixing with his hands. I think he's going to do well. I Plus, think his... 
Sorry, grappling. He, he has submission attacks as well. Oh, yeah, very good. I mean, he had that, that one-armed rear-naked choke against uh, Alex Oliveira. We just put his arm arm on his own shoulder because his arms are so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's I mean, right. But good wins for him. Jared Gooden, Alex Oliveira, Worley Alves, and Brian Barberena in his last four, which, which is a solid resume. Yeah, no, I, I think he'll do well. So I'm watching him. And uh, anything else coming up? What, what do we got next weekend? You got Costa Vittori next weekend. That's a fun one. Uh, the following weekend. Yeah. Like a, a week, one week from, one week from this Saturday. All right. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I, I think those I, guys both scrap. I mean, I don't know we'll who see. to lean in this fight. I mean, it's it's minus one twenty five Vittori plus one hundred five Costa. I would probably lean Vittori in that fight, but me too, me too. Just because I would of have the layoff to say for so. Costa. Yeah, that's tough, but yeah, I think I would have to I'd have to slightly lean for him too. I don't know. It's tough just coming off of you know an Izzy fight for Vittori. Both of them are coming off an Izzy fight, <laughs> except Costa hasn't yeah, fought true. in a year and a bit. Yeah, no, usually after you fight the champ, you usually get the confidence a little bit more. So we'll see what kind of technical fight these guys bring. But I hope Boachina, everyone, that's all I get. He actually follows me on Instagram, I found out the other day. Um, Because a lot of people message me on the side. They're like, hey, you look like Boachina. It's because I guess we're both bigger guys and hitting pads all the time. Combine Jessica Andrade and Paulo Costa and you've got Bazooka Joe. There you go. Those two <laughs> together. If he did literally a one of those face swap yeah, things, face that would be the perfect two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his him more the body than the face, I would say. But he's oh, way I mean. bigger you than me. Take her face. You put it on on his Hachinia, and you got Joe. Yeah, but I wish I looked like him. Damn. I mean, <laughs> if people think I look like he's probably twenty pounds of muscle bigger than me, I'll take that. His arms are probably twice the size of. Oh, mine. that dude walks away at around up two fifteen, two twenty, no problem. Yeah, I want to walk around that big and muscular too. That's fine. I mean. Yeah. It's a compliment to say I'm, I look like him. Well, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, you. I imagine that that Bohachina slays. I mean, that's a good-looking man. Yeah, that, don't get me wrong. If we fought, I'd beat him up ten out of ten times. But he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, well, I mean, it, what, but in MMA rules, you, you think you'd beat him? Nah. Yeah, probably. He's not the type of guy that shoots a lot of takedowns, so who knows? But Maybe. even if he does, I'd be able to evade them. I saw the way he shot on Izzy and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm no scared. I'm no scared. <laughs> So when do you leave for Netherlands, Joe, for, uh, for uh, the big war event? Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday right. morning-ish, yeah. The back to the Holland land. One of my favorite places to go. Yeah, that's uh, I love it. And we got exciting. a big stadium. Hopefully we pack it out. I'm just – being back in live kickboxing is like my thrill. It's like me going to Canada's Wonderland, me going to Holland into the soccer stadium. And Rico versus this incarnation of Ben Sadiq is a very interesting fight. Ben Sadiq has looked really good in his, I mean, his recent fights are a while ago, but I mean, he looked really good against Alec Bowie. Yeah, and there's a lot of th- new changes too. And it's, I mean, I don't know how in-depth people are, but uh, Jamal Ben Sadiq used to train with Hemmer's gym and now moved to Mike's gym for this camp. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting too. Um so there's a lot of like different things going on. So I think this is just the crazy world during COVID. A lot of the kickboxers have switched camps and things are different, but it's been fun. It's it, been really fun. Is Benny still on the card or do they pull him? Uh, no, Benny's still on it. Oh, who's he facing? Uh, Benny is fighting Plazabot, Antonio Plazabot. Oh, he's good. And Antonio Plazabot had a wicked knockout last time. So yeah, Plazabot versus Benny is going to be a great fight. Man, the heavyweight yeah. division in glory is looking great. Like, oh, yeah. What's the oh, name yeah. of the dude who knocked out Badr Hari? Uh, Vasoshik. Yeah, now he's in the mix. Arkadush Vasoshik, yeah. Badr's always in the mix. Saki's in what? the mix. 
Overeem now, Overeem, Ben Sadiq, Benny Attic Bui, you know, Plaza Bot. We have another uh, Nordin Mahadeen who even beat Plaza Bot. Like, we have some honestly fantastic kickboxers. Like, you're talking about guys, like, everyone talks about how great Surreal Gone striking is. I don't think Surreal Gone would even be in the top five in glory, top 10 even in glory. That's how good our heavyweight division is right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a different animal, right? Like, kickboxing and MMA with the, the, the glove sizes and. Yeah, but the movement, the angling, the the way he angles and moves and uses his strikes, guys. I'm telling you, kick heavyweight kickboxing is back. I'm telling you, this is the. It's been fun to watch. We stack them with more heavyweights as possible. Like this is what the excitement is back. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with Doombe. I like I like Doombe in kickboxing. I think that like he's a really fun guy. I don't know if he's gonna be able to translate to MMA, but if he is, that guy could be a gigantic star in MMA. He's just got so much charisma. He's great on the mic. Yeah. He's so much fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, I I I personally think he'd be a better kickboxer. I mean, just the way he whips his hands, the angles, and just I think if you add those takedowns, it might slow him down a little bit, mm-hmm. make him think twice about whipping those big power punches and. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of good kickboxers. I mean, he's been using his hands, though, but good kickers usually, you know, he's more of a boxer lately, so I think he'll do good regardless. But he's only 29. I'm one, I'm one of those people who don't want to see him leave, but I get it if he does. I get it. His last opponent, uh, Myrtle Grunhardt, didn't he just fight in the MMA this past weekend? Yeah, uh, I guess Robin called his fights, too. Yeah. Robin's in that Dutch MMA league. Yeah, he won uh, his MMA debut. And Vilnius had to pull out, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Uh, I don't know what happened because I was looking for the Wilness highlights. So Wilness yeah, is a city Wilmot. in Lithuania. Is it? Yeah, food for thought for you, Joe. There you go. This is Jason Wilness. Yeah, His Jason brother Wilnes. is Jafar, who's a heavyweight kickboxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen Jafar. Jafar's a, a fun fighter, also. Oh yeah. All right, Joe. I gotta let you go. I think it's it's time yes, for you to sir. depart. Uh, next week, I'm not through. sure if we're gonna catch up. Probably not. But uh, if we don't, have fun in the, in the Netherlands calling yes, uh, very, very high-level kickboxing. And uh, for That's those it. who want to learn high-level kickboxing, bazookatraining.com is available yeah. to you, as is Bazooka Kickboxing on Progress Road in Toronto slash Scarborough if you are in the vicinity. And uh, I appreciate you as always, Joe. And Thanks, um, looking Thanks to, everybody. And uh, to watching you do your thing next weekend. All right. And we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.